welcome to another episode of Logger. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, that's the way things go with real life. Anyway, I wanted to throw in a quick episode here because I just got done playing the first chapter of the Penumbra trilogy and uh, by Frictional Games, and it was, uh, wow, it was something. Now, um, FrictionalGames.com is a indie game producer, and uh, Penumbra is not their first game. There are two other games that they have made in the past, uh, which I'll cover at another date, uh, or one of them actually, because I hear that it, even though it was a Windows-only based game, that it will play under Wine without a problem. Um, but anyway, Penumbra Overture is part one, and it was released... Let me think here. Overture, Penumbra Overture was released... It's got to be 2006, I believe it is. Maybe a little earlier than that. But it is essentially a first-person-based game. Now, it's not a first-person-based shooter. It is a first-person psychological horror game, uh, kind of in the vein of H.P. Lovecraft. And the story starts off that uh, you your name is Philip, and your mother, after your mother's death, you receive a information or a letter from your uh, father who uh, disappeared long before you were born and uh, why he disappeared you never know but uh, the, the letter you receive from him uh, piques your interest and provides potentially some closure or some information with some closure to your father and his existence and why he disappeared but uh, the answers to those questions that you may have lead to Greenland so you pack your stuff up, you head off to Greenland, uh, you start off in the ship, and it, the, the ship is kind of almost like a little bit of a tutorial stage. It's just a room in the ship. It gives you a, a bit of an over, overview of the controls, um, which are it, probably a little different than most people are from with familiar with first-person shooter games. Uh, you move around with the mouse going strafe right, straight left, strafe left, and, uh, I'm sorry, you move around with the keys for going forward and backward and strafing right and left, and you use the mouse to, uh, control your look and your, your crosshairs and, and all the action on the, on the screen. So, this is not a shooter, so to speak, but it is more of a, a thinking man's game. So there's a pretty good physics engine in, involved in this game where it allows you to move a lot of obstacles in the environment, like chairs. You know, you move, need to move a chair out of the way to open a desk drawer. And to open a desk drawer, you actually have to grab the desk drawer and pull it open. You know, to open a door, you grab the door and pull it or push it. Uh, and, and the same with boxes and other things in the environment. You can pick a can up and move it to a different shelf. Um, and there are challenges based upon that physics engine all throughout this game. So it's one, one of the things that's difficult in talking about this is um, by the nature of the game, a good portion of it is figuring out these challenges. So for me to start discussing what some of those challenges are, uh, would re would reveal would be a spoiler reveal some pretty interesting concepts of the game because essentially basically it says you know you can pick stuff up you can open stuff you can move stuff um, 
you get a flashlight, you get early on in the game you get a hammer so you can swing the hammer in different ways and uh, you can break boxes, you can break stuff um, so it gives you the tools that you need but it doesn't necessarily say what you're going to do with these tools or, or how you can use them on the environment in unique ways to produce results that you need so unlike a lot of first person games uh, where you go from point A to point B and you have to get you know, to point C. Um, in order to do that, you have to go back to point A and find a key to open point the door of point B to get you into a, an area where you lift a lever and get into point C. Um, it's a little more complicated than that and involved in the stuff that you need to do. Uh, it's very intuitive um, if you think about it for a little bit and very uh, unique I think in a lot of the games. Um, the focus here isn't on combat but you do have some very interesting enemies that um, if you're going to play this and get the real atmosphere you turn out the lights play it in the dark it produces a creepy feeling uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, in addition to that throughout the game you're going to pick up um, bits of historical information in the form of memos um, newspaper clippings and notes that are left behind which not only provide a history of the game and, and the area that you're in, in in a fascinating way but also provide clues to what you may need to do to get into a certain area or what you need to do next um, this seems at first to be like a solo game you know you're you're where you are in Greenland, out in the frozen tundra, all by yourself. Um, what, you know, what are you gonna find? But uh, it's it's odd to say this, but there is some really cool voice acting in this game, and uh, another person that's involved that you'll meet later on named Red, and he's just uh, it's just really good stuff. I was very impressed with the overall quality of this game. Graphics-wise, it's pretty decent. Uh, I think that they used an older game engine, um, and thus the, if you compare it to uh, what they have coming out the third chapter, it is, uh, the third chapter is like, wow, it's, it's beautiful, but um, these graphics are a little dated, but on the same token, the, the uh, setting in, in, in a mine in Greenland there's not a whole lot of detail that you would expect, but if we could say that the graphics were a little uh, older generation and not as crisp as, as some other games that you might find at the same period, um, because of, of that maybe dark shadowiness, uh, the grays and lack of detail, it enhances the environment of the game actually and it works for it to give it that solemn uh, depressing atmosphere that they are really going for. Now the game I, I think is, is a very decent challenge. A lot of fun. Uh, <coughs> there is some combat. Combat is is difficult and I'll tell you I'll give you a little hint of what I found um, for combat uh, to make it a little less problematic is uh, crouching crouching is uh, the easiest way to fight 
a lot of the monsters. And if you pick up this game or try the demo, you, in the demo you're not going to get in any combat, but if you pick up this game, uh, you'll understand what I mean when you when you meet the first couple of monsters. Now, right off the, the bat from the get-go, when you encounter uh, some of the Edensians of this area, you are told that you're not a combat man, you're not a fighting man, and you're better off sneaking around and trying to stay away from a confrontation, which which is the case. If you can avoid combat, uh, it's probably your best bet, and sometimes you just can't. Sorry, I had to take a pause there for a second. My bunny was chewing apart some some papers over here, and now I lost kind of a train of thought here. Combat. I think I was talking about combat. It's very difficult. Crouching and and fighting that way seems to be the easiest. Uh, and once you get into the game, you'll you'll understand why and what I'm talking about. Uh, there are some frustrating, very frustrating parts in this game. Steam Room, the Frozen Lake, are two parts that are extremely frustrating. You'll understand when you get to them. I don't want to reveal any more than that, but oh, they're just <clears throat> there are ways through both of them. Um, uh, it's interesting because some of the times when you when you observe things, you look at things, uh, you, what you get from your conscious, or I should say the little narrator in your head, is con sometimes almost false information, like very cautious information that eventually you have to not choose to follow, uh, which is, you know, so to speak, because you might think, you know, after the first couple of times you're like listening to your the thoughts and your first thoughts that come on the screen in your head <coughs> in the narration, and you you know, you follow that to a T and it gets you through a couple of spots but later on down the line you know you you learn that well now you got to take some risks and challenges so that I thought was pretty interesting um the ending wow the ending was really I think they because of the atmosphere the voice acting the story um what is great about the ending of this game is is a lot of things get tied up and answers are revealed but yet it's open for the second chapter and there's some like really big questions that come out in the end and uh, you know the ending just draws you into the next chapter of this game uh, which is Black Plague and uh, wow you know I, I played this it, 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 it lasted me a good four or five days of, of playing a couple hours every day um, it, it was that much fun and that enthralling, and uh, it it gave me enough of an investment in the game, and that when I got to the end, the the emotional effect of the end of this game was just really powerful. It's hard to explain that <clears throat> without revealing the actual end of the game because um, it, it is that I think that really that good one of the best games I've played in a while uh, storyline plot wise uh, just everything came together really extremely well done um, yeah whew, it was a good game and I highly recommend it if you get over there now frictionalgames.com you go over to their uh, store you can get all you can get both chapters uh, Penembra Overture, Penembra uh, Black Plague, and um, Penembra Requiem for 20 bucks with the code that they have. You just buy all three games, put them into your uh, cart, 
use the code, you get all three of them for 20 bucks. All three Linux native versions. Uh, Penumbra Black Plague is the first chapter. The sequel is, uh, I'm sorry, Penumbra Overture is the first chapter. Black Plague is the sequel. Requiem is a puzzle expansion for Black Plague. Uh, so it's not the actual third chapter. The third chapter is yet to be released. All three are available for Linux. Great stuff. 20 bucks. It's well worth it. I highly recommend it. Um, I look forward to playing uh, Black Plague to see how the graphics engine has might be approved. The physics engine might have improved a bit there, too. I'm looking forward to that. The uh, demo I've seen for the third chapter looks amazing, and I cannot wait. So if you are into psychological horror stories, uh, horror games, survival-type games, <laughs> you know, first-person style, check this this out. This is really, really good stuff. Top notch. I think Frictional Games did a fantastic job. And uh, I thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's really short, uh, but I'm going to get the uh, the little beaster back on here again in a couple of weeks. It's hard because she kind of like stopped playing a lot of games on, on the system, not only because of schoolwork, but because she's been completely wrapped up when she's playing com- games on the computer with <coughs> uh, Echelon Book 1. She's been playing the heck out of that game. Uh, we both were for a while, but she's been playing it more than I have. And again, that is another fantastic game. Uh, RPG, it's a lot of fun. Old school RPG, and uh, we were, were both digging it. And it's great to see her play that style of game. So I, I thank you for listening, and We'll catch you on the flip side. Keep on playing some games and have a happy. That wraps up another episode of Logger. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, Logger is released under Creative Commons for non-commercial use license. Feel free to copy, excerpt from, or distribute Logger for non-commercial purposes. The opening music of the show is provided by James Underberg called The Battle with sound effects from Blob Wars by Parallel Realities. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 